This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Spear Factor. Today, we're going to be talking with Robert Payne, inventor of the side slip. I don't know if you guys have heard... Uh, anything about it, but it's a pretty cool invention. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime, man. It's just great to have uh, people like you always trying to improve gear. As we were talking about before we even started recording, yeah, yeah. constantly messing with everything, so. Yeah, and I just wanted to also clarify also, I uh, so I started this company with my brother-in-law, so he's okay. my partner in it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I would give him a little bit more of the credit because he's the first one who came to me uh, with his concept and then we kind of both worked together got it patented and you know brought it to market so i don't want to take all the credit <laughs> oh no that's no that's yeah, great yeah. that's good man what is your brother-in-law's name uh jordan yeah jordan yeah. and jordan. what's his instagram handle i'm assuming he's got an instagram or uh he does yeah. i don't know it off the top of my all head right. but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out, we'll figure <laughs> out guys. awesome well um so i guess before we even begin here we kind of wanted to talk about um uh, it's going to go off topic here. We were just talking about the death that happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so like one thing when that stuff happens, um, it does, I feel like it does affect us all because as the sport is growing, there's more and more likelihood, you know, you make those mistakes when you're younger or just newer and very lucky that I remember those mistakes. And I'm very lucky to have kind of lived through some of the stuff that happened um, but I feel like we should talk about that stuff so that we can learn from, from, you know, mistakes that have been fatal so that we don't keep having this happen over and over again. Right. Yeah. yeah so, of course. I mean, you're in the OC Spiros, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then, so what was, so he was from the OC Spiros too, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the diver's name was, uh, Ryan Huff and I don't have all the details, but yeah. he was a OC Spiro member for a long time. Uh, you know, very beloved in his community. Uh, yeah, he had a wife and two kids and, uh -huh. uh, yeah, during the opener, um, he had some difficulty underwater and, and 
tragically ended up dying from it. Um, I think the report was from the police was that uh, he had a, he got entangled somehow, either from his gear or perhaps kelp, something yeah. like that, which is something that can happen when you're lobster diving because you're going into a confined space. Um, you've got all this gear on you and you have to be very careful because, you know, maybe you go in torso into a hole, you might get hung up, you know, either on your belt or yeah. your dive bag or, or whatever. And it's very, it can happen very easily. It's happened to me before too. So, yeah, I want to talk about that. Like I, I have, I mean, I do, at my job, I used to do a lot of balance diving. So, and we would dive every day. Um, and because of the nature of our job, we dive in poor visibility mm-hmm. right off San Diego here in, in the surf zone sometimes even, um, with line, um, all around because we would have, uh, things just marked from the surface with line around. So what we were finding is that you get real, real smart about streamlining your gear. Right. Um, so one thing I see people just offhand, like right out of the way, people that make mistakes. And it's not, I mean, again, it's, it's, same, it's, it's a mistake, but it's not really a mistake, I guess. It's more just a preference is they wear their, their, they wear their uh, knives on their calves. Mm-hmm. They put them on the outside. We always put our, and again, this is because we're dealing with um, a line like Dyneema, which seems to like just attract itself to you if you have Dyneema, especially on your reels and stuff. No, it's not stiff. Yeah. Uh, we would carry our, our our knives on the inside of our legs okay, so yeah, that yeah. as we would swim down and go past things like kelp, kelp yeah. it doesn't want to grab on the knife, right. right? So little things like that. And then the other thing is um, I noticed, you know, Guys like to attach their lobster bags onto their their belts. Yeah. Well, and when you start mixing like lobster diving and spearfishing, or for that matter, just lobster diving, where you're looking in holes, if you know the material of most of those bags, they grip on everything. They snag on. Yeah, like polypropylene. Yeah, yeah. it snags on everything, and so, you know, honestly, for me. And I just put out like that video about diving for a lobster in a day, but it's like, I prefer just to go hit a spot, grab a couple of bugs. My buddy's usually there. The boat's close by anchor because we're usually on one spot. And then I throw them in the boat. I don't even like to have a bag and swim a bag with me, but a lot of people don't have that option. And I yeah, get that. Like shore diving. Or- yeah. So if you can, you know, bring a float. That's another thing so that nobody runs you over and just tie the bag to the float. I just don't like going down because I can grab two lobster, you know, and I doubt if I'm going to be down on a breath hold and some people are great. I mean, you know, I just don't want all this stuff uh, attached to me because I, you know, my old job was with scuba and I remember getting like literally wrapped around a cable, um, you know, where I was like, ah, I got scuba. I'm fine. Yeah. But if I had been free diving, I might've been dead. Or even know? if you're scuba diving, you have the presence to like stay calm. Cause that's like the number one thing. Yeah. If you forget that you just start panicking, then yeah. Yeah. Go, go south real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's just, it, and I don't want to say it's, uh, it's just really sad when, but about, uh, people dying needlessly, but it's not needless. But I mean, but people, they, I guess if you can avoid it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so you want to like, try to protect yourself and yeah. your fellow divers as much as possible. I mean, and, and I do tell myself, I try to tell myself too sometimes that, you know, 
no fish or, or, or lobster or any photograph of uh, uh, Instagram photographs yeah. or anything is worth your life. Yeah. Cause the, the, the whole thing about this, this whole thing is that it's supposed to be fun, you know? It's not, yeah. I mean, we all like a little bit of danger. That's kind of why we do it, I guess. But like, people, I don't yeah. really enjoy, I remember a couple of times at work coming home and saying, wow, I really, that was pretty scary. I almost died today, you know? either a boat go over my head or um, um, I was diving rebreather one day and the exchange got messed up. And I was like, yeah, I, you know, that wasn't fun. So yeah, like, this is like, something like narked or something. Like yeah. That. This is like something we do on our free <laughs> totally, time. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, you know, stay active. So I, I'll go back to the top, but I just really wanted to touch base oh, about yeah. that and just kind of like maybe hopefully some guys will out there listening and kind of, Maybe some tips that will help them too. Sure, newer sure. guys, you know. So, all right. So, how did you get started in spearfishing? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so, my brother-in-law actually got me started. I mean, I'm trying to remember how long ago. Maybe like seven or eight years ago now. Yeah. Um, I had always been in the ocean, so I got certified for scuba diving when I was 13. Yeah. So I likewise, yeah. Yeah, I've been always loved the ocean, been in and around it, and then um, he showed me that hey, you can, you know. I've been fishing before, but I never thought of spearing a fish. So, uh, he, he said, Oh, you can grab this wine sling and, you know, get your own fish. So I tried that, you know, getting started with that. And yeah, that, that was, it's a learning process. I was really terrible for a long time. Oh yeah. I don't think yeah. I got a lobster for my first two seasons. <laughs> yeah. That's about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then after a while I started getting the hang of it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I got started. Um, yeah, there's, there was a lot of obstacles, especially, um, when I was getting into it, I mean, just either with gear, uh, finding out what the kind of right kind of wetsuit is. I was using like a surf suit or something. Yeah, it's the yeah. wrong stuff essentially. Um, which you know works when you're first getting started. Different kinds of weight belts too. Yeah. So I used a. I started with a nylon one, which is kind of similar what they use in dive belt. like or yeah, just belt. a yeah. common dive belt. But they're not as good with wetsuits because uh, like. We have rubber ones now that I use anyway. Yeah, I do too. And it prevents it from like sliding around so you don't have, you know. When you go to dive, it doesn't slide up around your chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I also use a, there's like a little understrap thing that I use also to keep it there. Uh Um, So a lot of stuff like that, the kind of fins, like I started out with uh, scuba diving fins, which is, you know, you have your boot and then you put that thing on and those are way too stiff and gives you foot cramps after a while. Eventually, you know, upgraded to like long fins and then now I use carbons, which are but i feel like part of that like going through that process and this is why i you know going through that process of you know trial and error and everything what it does i I feel like it makes you just a better diver because if you start out that way and you don't know you learn so much through going through that process And, and maybe those things i remember like 20 years ago a lot of those things weren't even available yeah so you just did what you did and then all of a sudden like you get good at with all this bad equipment, you become a good diver. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, then you get the good equipment. And now you're just like, you're able to enjoy it so yeah. much more. And you're like, oh, wow, like I can dive deeper. I can do this. I, you know, it's just. Yeah. I mean, I think the gear definitely helped with technique afterwards because like it's really hard if you're not properly weighted or you don't have the right fins to dive very efficiently. Right. Um, and that took me a long while to learn. I'm still not terribly good at it, but like the technique is a lot, just like relaxing, um, good dive form, good duck diving, uh, 
just slow movements, also not uh-huh. like freaking out the fish around you because like they can kind of tell because they're like lateral line. They've got a lot of these nerve endings. And if you're acting all weird and jerking around too quickly, they're going to pick it up through the water. So you just have to be very calm, act like you're not like a, like a manatee or a whale or something like yeah. that. Like you're not interested See in actually getting well, them. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought actually talked to, um, or, uh, Brandon Zeke made a comment on, um, on one of my posts, I guess, uh, about, you know, when you're in that hunting mode, um, your heart rate's different. Your whole yeah. demeanor is different and fish can sense that. Right. And when I stopped really just letting go, like st- started letting go and like just relaxing and enjoying diving, uh, for deep, uh, yeah, it was just like your fish count goes way up because it's like all of a sudden you're down there and you're doing stuff and you just, Oh, I mean, how many times have you been diving and like by accident, the fish of like, you know, at that time your dream comes by when you're not even really looking Yeah, because everything about you is, doesn't wreak predator. Right. Yeah. You know? One of the uh, tips that someone told me was that like, if you dive down, you can like just put your gun next to you, just take your hand off your gun. And then that in itself will kind of give you an idea to help you like calm down a little bit. Cause then you're like, yeah. Oh, I don't have to be ready to like, shoot something in the face right away and like having that killer mindset that transfers to your body language so uh, that's just one way that it kind of helped me realize okay you got to relax and stop freaking everything out around you <laughs> yeah and one way to even kind of do a self-evaluation is i always look at footage like after you dive oh, yeah. and what i noticed um i was talking to another friend of mine um, about this like where um I notice I look around a lot. I'm constantly like this, this, this. Yeah. And I notice my friends in Guam that were pretty successful is they go down and they're looking around with their eyes. They're not even really moving their heads, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you know, cause that place is so hard. It, it was just interesting to see that. I was like, Oh, okay. So there's a little ticket of information. You can take that moving forward and you just get better and better by learning all the cool things. Oh yeah. No, Guam is a really crazy place too. I mean, it's just yeah. completely different than like, my experience California diving because the first time why I met you that out there uh well yeah let's talk about how we met first yeah okay yeah yeah so you messaged me on Instagram (laughs) said like hey I'm coming out to uh to Guam yeah so how did you even find what was the deal with that so I put a uh, so for OC Spiros I'm on their uh Facebook group and uh yeah I just put a question out hey does anybody know anybody out in Guam I'm gonna be going out there and hopefully can spear and then uh, a bunch of Marine Corps buddies uh, suggested you and a couple other guys who dive out there. Yeah. Uh, so I reached out and tried to find somebody I could dive out with out there, and uh, yeah, ran across you. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, you're yeah. like, you have any suggestions? And uh, you know, the one thing I'll say about that place, and I talk a lot about it, just because of the uh, the culture of in that community there, mm-hmm. is that it's. In, in Southern California, we're pretty closed looped. Like, yeah. it's pretty private. We have our clubs, but everybody's little clicks in the clubs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that place, when you go to the island and you land there and you tell them you're into spearfishing, they're like, let's go. <laughs> and so, literally, like, when I landed, it was like uh, the next day, they were like, we're going out diving. Let's yeah. go. And like, okay. And they do a great job of that. I don't know, you know, maybe just because it's a smaller community. Yeah, like culture. Yeah, and they're always. Uh, looking for different insights from people's different experiences all over the world, right? So, right. yeah. So when I, you know, came down there, that was my experience. And so, you know, obviously you try to return the favor. So when you hit me up, I was like, yeah, let's go. Oh no, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it was a blast. And then we did the tournament together. Yeah, that which was fun. <laughs> was seven hours of swimming, like three and a half miles, I think, or something like that. It was pretty sweet. It was, yeah. It was nice to be out. <laughs> I shot a uh, uh, half-pound parrotfish. Try to get away. Try to get something on the board there. Yeah, with a cannon. With your giant, yeah, yeah. Your homemade cannon. Yeah, I, I think the only fish I shot my entire t- like two weeks out in Guam was like a big, like not that big, like a foot long. Uh, what are they called? Flying fish. That yeah. was like the only thing that I could even get close to because they're just way smarter. Like it's completely yeah. different, like it's, strategy out there. It's really and it's pretty fished out. Yeah, you know, until um, you get offshore. Right, you got to go. Deep. Yeah, and yeah. the strategy is way different too because like i'm used to you can dive down you kind of look around you're you're searching while you're doing that but yeah what i kind of figured got, well, at least got me closer to fish was you got to dive really far down like 60 feet plus and then you got to just sit on the bottom and wait and pretty much wait blind they, drops yeah you yeah. gotta come <laughs> let them come to you yeah so you're just holding your breath that whole time maybe scratching or throwing sand up yeah try to get their attention and that was just like way different. Like I, I, I improved a lot just going out there, but I also right. like didn't do so well because <laughs> it took me like three months to get a fish there. Yeah. And, yeah. and Mike told me that he goes, you're going to probably spend like three months to start actually regularly landing fish. Yeah. And, and I remember him saying that. And then I got, I started getting it right. Then I left then I came back. And when I came back, um, to, you know, San Diego, yeah. It was like the season of just winning. I just yeah. started like shooting everything. Oh yeah, and it was like this is so. They'll come right easy. up to you. It's, it's yeah, way, it's way and easier. Then, um, <laughs> yeah, I know your gears dialed in. And you're yeah. just like super confident. You're diving deeper for stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I improved. I mean, I like like uh, personal best for depth right. and like time down there. Well, it's it's also different too because you're Clear in warm. It's, yeah, 200 foot viz, 83 degrees. You don't really need yeah. a wetsuit or weights, so it, you're just way more comfortable. So relaxed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, you're right. And then, um, yeah, and then I went back there for another four months or something. And uh, I remember when I got back there, it was like I was just started like a couple weeks, and I just started hitting fish. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I get it now. Like, there's something so satisfying about doing drops, deep drops, and I say deep relative, like deep for me like 70 feet like that's i'm not deep. the greatest yeah. diver no, that's, but you're that's doing deep. deeper drops that's deep to me <laughs> or whatever for like fish that you wouldn't even pull the trigger on here yeah you know yeah. size wise um but yeah it's just a cool feeling to be like yes i'm a diver you know? <laughs> but uh yeah oh, so yeah so we met in guam and that was a blast and that was the first time i heard you told me that we're getting ready in the parking lot you're like yeah check this out this is a side <laughs> slip i'm like Oh, that looks pretty cool. Wow, it's interesting. And I was, I remember like as someone that I make most of my own equipment, I just really appreciate when people like go off, you know, and just do something, try to, I mean, that's how you get better. And you learn through, maybe this didn't work, maybe this worked, whatever. And I just like, I was so like excited about it because I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. What? How, why did it take so long for someone to come up with it? <laughs> so how did you even get the idea? Like where, like that was your brother-in-law you said? Sure, sure, yeah. So uh, I guess if we're going to talk about the inception of yeah. the side slip, yeah. So my brother-in-law came to me uh, with, the, it was initially his idea. So he, he's like, yeah, I've been thinking about like this way where, you know, I don't want to buy a slip tip. You know, they're expensive because we're all, all cheap. You know, we don't have yeah, a lot of money, like so a, we're trying yeah, to figure it out. The spear, yeah. 
And uh, he was like, oh, you know, I've got this idea for this thing. And uh, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. So, you know, we went back and forth and, yeah, eventually we were like, okay, maybe there's something to this. We can make some prototypes and try to figure out, you know, how we can get this thing going. Um, So, yeah, just made a couple prototypes, started iterating on it, improving it. And uh, after a couple years, I think probably about two or three years of testing, we finally felt it was at the point where we could, you know, actually bring it to market and see what all the other divers thought of it. We got the patent yeah. for it. And uh, yeah, that's right. that's how oh, it started. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so let's let's see. The, uh, you brought something here with Oh, the, sure. Uh, yeah. So this is our nice little uh, display. Little demo here. Yeah. And uh, basically, you know, we have uh, just a standard uh, short. We just cut the shaft short so it's a little easier to demonstrate. But yeah. basically, uh, this is just a normal standard shaft. All we did is we removed the flopper end of it. We put a slide ring on it and uh, our side slip. It fits on this special right. little pin. Um, I'll try to get it a little bit closer so you can kind of yeah, see you can it. Yeah, it on there. Yeah, so basically it just sits right on there. We have little hooks. goes right on there, and uh, you tuck the spectra into your bands. And just it, like a slip it, tip. Yeah, you yeah. cock it just like a slip tip, and uh, basically you shoot through the fish, and it'll stay on there from momentum, and then when it slows down after going through the fish, it'll deploy, fall off, and then you've got a perfectly toggled uh, fish there. <laughs> yeah. No, and um, I mean, I to be honest, I used it um, in Guam a lot. I, uh, I the last trip to Baja, I just solely used it. Yeah. Because I really wanted to test it, and then, like I said, I had that issue um, where we were talking about the shafts on right. some of the guns. They're yeah, not yeah. long enough, and I mean for whatever. So I had to cut the. I actually had to cut it down. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had a, you know, you know, what's funny is, um, I had a couple of failures and it, because I truly believe in it. I do. <laughs> and I don't sit here and say this because like I blow smoke up anybody's ass or I'm getting a cut out of the product. I'm not, you sure. know that. Like, yeah. um, I think it's a, I think like anything, I think it's an amazing start mm-hmm. and I feel like it can only get better, but I think it works. And that's why I solely used it when yeah. I went to Baja and I had, I think a failure in Baja and I was glad to figure out that a, it wasn't, um, it was not the side slip that failed. It was the slide ring that got slid all the way back and got stuck. I don't know. Yeah. And that's because it was so short. I had the wrong shaft and it didn't have the electrical tape cause it wouldn't fit. They right. wouldn't clear yeah. that enough. And then, so I have a longer shaft now, <laughs> and hence, like, the new 8 mil one, which I'm going to be testing this out soon. Um, and then, uh, and I used it, and I got my personal best yellow with it, and yeah, it worked. Yeah. And so I went after, when I went out to SCI, San Clemente Island, um, last week, we came across stumbled across some bluefin that were all about 100 pounds yeah and i was like and i'll say i believed in it enough after learning through the things that failed where i changed i had some really strong i have some really good dyema that i liked and i switched out the dyema uh-huh. put a little stronger dyema and i went after the bluefin with it <laughs> and i was like i'm gonna get rob's bluefin like sizable bluefin with this thing triple yeah. digit you know um and uh I saw three of them. They didn't come close enough, so yeah. I didn't pull the trigger. But uh, the point is, is that I used it a lot in Baja, multiple times. And I had the first time I had the one failure where it came off, which 
that happens with slip tips. Yeah. You know, and then I figured out just how to tuck it better. You know, I mean, it wasn't anything crazy. It was just it came off because I didn't uh, tuck it firm enough or whatever. That was not a big deal. Um, and then the last time I had the one failure where um, the slide ring got stuck. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because like the sometimes people are like, oh, it failed twice. And it was like it failed, but I know how to fix that. And yeah. how many times does floppers, <laughs> slip tips don't deploy? I mean, I've had so I with the slip tip thing, uh, I've had it with a knot pulled. My buddy, I watched my buddy the knot pulled through <laughs> the okay. slide ring. Yeah, uh, the the slip tip itself didn't even come off. Mm-hmm. Um, so many problems, which I feel, which is why I'm saying that you know, in a way, this for me, the thing has never failed. Yeah. Yet. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, when, you know, when you're dealing with, like, your your setup, you, you, you do have to go through and look for failures. You need to really know your gear. That's super important. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it's super important to make sure. Yeah, so with our side slip, for example, um, you need to have enough uh, overhang. So some guns like uh, exactly, like I didn't have enough overhang, yeah. which is originally a problem. But I'm in like in Micronesia, and it was like, well, uh, yeah, that's all you got. Start cutting. Yeah, right. I mean, it, so like a, a Pathos, they famously have virtually no overhang. You only have enough essentially to tuck that flopper in. Um, so. That would pose a problem with this because you need uh, maybe at least five to six inches, enough for the side slip as well as the slide ring um, and a little bit of tape to prevent the slide ring from going far uh, too far back. So right. the setup is super important. You need to make sure it's it's correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, with, with any sort of gear you can have, uh, there's pros and cons to it. Yeah. So you're talking about um, like a flopper. I actually have a couple I can show you guys. I just feel like, especially with this, uh, this is just another tool to have in your toolbox when you're going after fish. So much so for me that, to be honest, it's my main tool that I use. Right. Yeah. Unless I'm going for like giant tuna, where I have, you know, I want everything to work exactly like I planned, and a giant slip tip with heavy cable. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or I mean, coated cable because I actually don't like cable at all for tuna saws through. But um, coated cable or thicker Dyneema, yeah, I'll go for that. Right, um, right. So yeah, I mean, I, this is such a great handy. Yeah, thing. W- what we were trying to go for was something that was universal. We wanted it to make sure that like every Spiro, you know, they're, they're all going to have flopper shafts that come with their spear guns, yeah. and you know, most most of the time, if you have a couple guns, then you're probably going to have a couple spare shafts hanging around. So the idea was we wanted the side slip to be able to be uh, used. You can upgrade all your existing shafts already. You don't have to go out and buy another $100 threaded shaft. You don't need to buy another $100 slip tip for the setup. You can just pay for one side slip and you can install it. Um, And we wanted to sort of take the best of both worlds from both a a standard flopper shaft and uh, a slip tip. So with flopper, these are really great. they're super strong, so you can shoot them into rocks, which is one of their best points, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the downside is you have a very sharp metal edge at the base of uh, the flopper itself. 
So if a fish comes on there and it's a little bit softer, it's got a higher chance of tearing out. Yeah. Also, if you have a very good shot on a fish and it's a very big fish, um, you're going to most likely bend your shaft, which uh, is... You know, so I actually expensive. had a, a my flop, my double flopper. I shot a eight, like I don't know about eighty pound dog tooth, uh -huh. and it ripped the flopper off. Oh god! And bent <laughs> the shaft too. It was really angry. So you got the worst of yeah, of which of it. you know it was kind of like a badge of honor. It was like that was exciting. Um, I didn't really expect to run across one. That's why I had a flopper. Yeah, uh, but it showed up. So no, I mean stuff like I mean. But that's what I mean. I was yeah. reef hunting. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. if I had been reef hunting with this. Uh -huh it would have been a game changer. Right. That was my point. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean, the, the other uh, part of it is you can use a slip tip, and these are excellent because it's got the load distribution, so you're not going to have – you're going to have a lot less chance of tearing out um, with this. The only problem is uh, you have accuracy issues. So if, if you, you, you start with a perfectly uh, engineered uh, slip tip, uh, you use it a lot. If it starts to get any sort of wiggle in the front end, any sort of fitment issues, or if you accidentally hit a rock, even softly, uh, and it's got any sort of play, yeah, or bone, yeah. if you get any sort of play, that's going to affect your accuracy, and it's not going to shoot straight anymore. Also, if you do or are unfortunate and you hit a rock, then you're out a $100 slip tip. Um, our idea, I mean, because we're from Southern California, we like to, you know, you, you want to go out for, say, white sea bass. It's a very soft uh, flesh fish. Um, and you're going to use a slip tip, but say you're out there and you see a big barn door palibit or a big toed calico and it's right. hanging out on the rocks or whatever. You're like, Oh, is it worth blowing a hundred dollar slip tip for this huge fish? Uh, yeah. or, you know, am I just going to let it go by? Uh, the idea is like, we're not gonna, you don't have to make that choice anymore where you're like, Oh, do I take my slip right. tip shaft or do I take my flopper shaft? You can just so use this and it's, you're good for everything. Yeah, and so when we were in Baja, we were going for grouper, like you yeah, know, and and yellowtail, uh, and so it was like, well, I had that problem. It was like, if I go for yellowtail, probably use a slip tip because um, it's pretty soft fish, right? But grouper, um, hole hunting and whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I, that's why I mean, I literally did that the whole time, um, yeah. and it worked great. No, it's funny. We uh, so we went to Bola. I think it was like right before, or after, because uh, you, you've been in a couple times. But I remember we were trying to uh, plan a trip, but it never really worked out. We went yeah. at different times, and uh, my buddy who went down, he 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 had the only slip tip. He had this big uh, custom gun that he made. It's like a big tuna gun that he was using to hunt, you know, nice yeah, grouper and everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he that was the only that was the only uh, piece of gear that failed because. He actually hit a rock and he freaking blew up his slip, uh, his, yeah, his uh, slip tip. So, yeah. Uh, that, that. I missed, I think, six bluefin one day uh, <laughs> before I realized oh, my slip tip was bent. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I took it out the week before and I hit a rock, I guess, uh, see that. I don't even know what happened. It was, uh, I was at SCI and I was shooting at something and I hit. Anyways, I don't even remember how it got bent. And, but it got bent. Yeah. And yeah. I figured it out after I missed like six fish and I finally swam back to the boat, grabbed my buddy's gun and shot a, um, a pretty good sized bluefin. Mm -hmm. And so I knew it wasn't like, I'm like, so it's not me. There's no way I'm missing that guy. <laughs> this gun was so good. And then now I can't hit anything. And, uh, the next week I went out white sea bass hunting and I'm swimming, I'm looking at the tip and I just realized like one way, it's just like slightly bent. And I was yeah. like, Oh, okay. Now at least I know I'm not like that bad. <laughs> it made sense. Yeah, you always got to yeah. check your gear. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's another thing. No matter how good you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
I mean, really, we introduced the product, but like, I really wanted to get into with you, which is something that I'm, you know, kind of dabbling in now is the whole business end of all of this. Like, sure. How, where did you get your knowledge? Like, everybody has an idea. You, most people you talk, they always have their idea, right? Oh, yeah, Diamond does. How did you figure <laughs> out, like, what was your process, I guess, from going, like, hey, I got this idea, your, your, your brother in law, to going, okay, here's the business plan. This is how we're going to do it. This is where we're going to get made. How do you even do that? Like, you know what I mean? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like top secret or what. No, uh, no, it's not top secret. I just don't know if I'm the, the best person to uh, explain this. But yeah, I mean, I, I think my background had a lot to do with it. Which um, is in what? Like, so yeah, I, I uh, went to business school. Um, I helped. specialize in entrepreneurship. So dealing okay. with small businesses, how to help them grow. So it was kind of an area that I was always interested in. And yeah. it just so happened, you know, as luck would have it or fate would have it that, um, yeah, I was presented with this opportunity with, uh, my brother-in-law. We're able to start a business and doing help, helping Spiros improve in a sport that we, we both love. So uh -huh. that was just, you know, kind of how it started. Uh, but as far as like, like, uh, advice for getting started, yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, if, if you're looking at, and this is getting more into like startups and, uh, just, you know, starting your own business, right. there's like a lot of problems that generally you go through every day and you can, I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's a million things. I mean, like terrible traffic or, you know, whatever have you, you know, yeah. uh, you're, you're basically looking for areas of pain or pain points as they would say, uh, that you can kind of help alleviate. Um, and if you can find some sort of innovation that helps with that, um, that's valuable to the market. They, they uh -huh. you know, people will want that because it's going to help make their life less terrible <laughs> so yeah uh this this was just a you know a, a good example of which we, we found that we could save divers a lot of money and also give them like a, a really superior product that that really helps you know streamline all their gear and it's universal uh, so that that's kind of how we got to this point but I, I think the same concept fits with a lot of other yeah. other ideas so uh as far as where who like where do you get this made like what who makes it oh it's it's made in the usa it is. <laughs> yeah That's american made <laughs> so and you just went to a machine shop and you're like hey this is the tool i have oh yeah I, is that kinda... I mean that's yeah i mean it it's it's been a long process we talk with a lot of different um you know manufacturers uh metal workers it's uh, a lot of metal metallurgy and I'm, I'm not like yeah I'm not like an engineer. I just do a lot of reading on it. Like, cause uh -huh. it took a lot of time to figure out, okay, what kind of metal do you want to use it? Like there's a reason we don't go with spring steel, which is like a lot of shafts are made right. out of is because, uh, while they're very strong, uh, basically after you scratch the uh, surface, then uh -huh. it'll start to produce rust and we didn't want that. So we're like, okay, obviously we're going to go with stainless. Right. There's different grades of stainless. I mean, that's just, yeah, there's part three, of the four, three, four, yeah. Right. Right. So it just depends on what it's mixed with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, just, uh, stuff like that. We, I mean, we're still in the process right now. We're actually going to be coming out with a new version of it. Uh, but, these things take a lot of time. You got to do a lot of uh, testing. Testing, right? Before you got to you... get you know the manufacturing process done. I mean, there's a lot of uh, right. like <laughs> so a lot that goes into it. So uh, and then as far as like I'm mean, gonna you guys splicing these? Or? Yeah, yeah. There's they're uh, I think it's called back splicing. Yeah, back splicing. Are you guys back splicing those? All oh yeah. Handedly? I mean, are you or like you? What like who I, does that? I I have done every single one. <laughs> are you kidding me? No, no, no. Yeah. 
Really? It takes time, but I, I, as far as I know, I don't think there's a machine that does it. Or if yeah. it does, it's probably really expensive. But yeah, I mean, it's the best way to do it. You obviously don't want to knot right at the tip because right. that just it's increases stuck. the profile. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, that's... Yeah, and if you increase the profile, you could throw off uh, penetration. You can throw off... Um, yeah, a lot more drag. Yeah. A lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that, wow. that's, that's just part of it. <laughs> you can do a class on that. Uh, be really good. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to do, but yeah, not, if you have the right, know, yeah, getting the right tool, the right, right tool definitely helps. I mean, you can do it with anything. You or yeah. a little bit of uh, I use a paper wire or yeah, I guess paper clip too. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's seizing wire. I guess we use. Um, oh yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's awesome, and that's the strongest way to do it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, awesome. That's really interesting. So, and then. So when you're doing this, right, you're like, okay, how much is this going to cost me to make this product? Okay. Then you got to figure out, and like you're doing now, right, like you're constantly getting feedback. I mean, I know I've sent you some feedback, and I know a bunch of other guys that have, and you've told me, guys, yeah, we've realized this, like opposing metals, like this tends to rust on the old ones because yeah. the different metals. Right. Um, okay, check. I was like uh, – and then I'm, and I know, and I haven't said anything, but I know you've got a million good idea fairies as far as how to make this strong. People yeah, talk yeah. to you about how to make that stronger. Um, We're looking at well, but, the idea was that we wanted to have this be universal, so people could use it on you know whatever uh, yeah. species, not necessarily yeah. like big monster killers. Although you can do it, uh, we've taken you know ninety pound amberjacks with this, right. no problem. Um, but we are going to be coming out with. Uh, ones that are specifically made for larger shafts, so um, you know, like, three eighths. Yeah, uh, up to three eighths. We're not yeah. we're not quite at three eighths yet, but eventually right. we're gonna get there. Um, we're gonna do like, uh, like it's eight point. I forget what the uh, imperial. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Exactly. It's, it comes out to like, eleven thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. The it's shafts. Like, it's like nine point two. Yeah, something like I think, that. Yeah, nine point two millimeters. Yeah. I, I always forget the conversions. But I yeah. wish we could just all get on the same page. It it's would make painful. it easier. Yeah, <laughs> especially yeah. with spearfish. It would make needs. it easier. But yeah, we, yeah, we're coming out with ones that are specifically for like big blue water hunting. Um, right. Because it doesn't really make sense to engineer one that's going to be used for you know like a five a pound calico fish, or something like that. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things too. Also like, like a hundred pound dog tooth or yeah. people like because I know this is rated for like three hundred. Right, pounds or something. So the Spectra itself, yeah. um, that's rated to four fifty. Right. And then the but uh, the actual the tab itself, yeah, it's rated yeah. to two hundred. Two hundred. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I know because people are like, and I talk about this a lot when I talk about rigging stuff. Everyone's like, oh, I've got you know uh, eight hundred pound Spectra and all of this, and then they have like uh, you know a two hundred pound whatever, and it's like, well, that's there's your failure. Yeah, it makes no sense if you beef everything up, and then you have a failure point. Like for I'm saying specifically for right. like yeah, tuna, yeah. you know. So yeah, like you're saying, like look, this is a one. This isn't a one stop shop. You're not gonna go after a 400 pound tuna with this. At least the way it is, you're, you're gonna have some special gear if you're going after yeah. that sort of fish. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> like I mean, but. It covers about 80 to 90% of everything else, I feel like. You know, if you're going to be like the majority, I'll say the majority of stuff that it's going to cover, yeah. it'll probably, you're going to do spearfishing, it's probably going to cover that size. Yeah. I mean, I, I think spearfishing is really aspirational because, like, I tried to, you know, really, it's like I spearfish myself. I talk with a lot of them. And, you know, I think the aspirational part is a big part of it because 
that's part of the fun about the oceans. Like you never know what you're gonna run into. You might right. just see like a, a couple little, you know, tiny baby yellowtail, or you might yeah. come across a big 40 pounder. Like yeah. you, you just don't know. We wanted to make sure we could really comfortably encompass the majority of what you're gonna run into. You know, right. so you can be, feel safe taking like a 100 pound tuna or amberjack or whatever it is. Um, but you can also use this, I mean, well, think about it the other way. Would you would you be using the same slip tip if you're going for halibut or lingcod in the holes or in the rocks, as well as you know using it for you know a, a big blue water fish? Right. Usually, you don't get that same overlap. We were trying to make it sort of middle of the road where it'll yeah. apply to the most amount of people and give them the right. most value. Right. I mean, even for that matter, you're not using the same gun on yeah. any of those fish. <laughs> you're just not. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But no, it's great, man. I, I. Um, I look forward to like doing some more stuff with it um, and really just trying to get uh, get bigger and bigger fish with it just to see <laughs> that's you know the what? idea and yeah. if it breaks then I'll know okay cool you know uh, but it's so far it's yeah. pretty good and, and we have a, a you know a full warranty over it I mean if you are able to break it we're going to replace it we want to stand by our product and we believe in it fully yeah. so yeah if, if you guys have issues you know let us know We'll cool. take care of you. <laughs> All right, no. Um, um, but I really appreciate you coming out. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Happy to happy to be here. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.